This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well and enjoying the start of the week and the end of the transfer window chaos. Uh, thank you so much for becoming part of the morning routine uh, that is this show. Despite the fact that the, the window has ended, uh, we are not stopping. We continue on with our shows at 8am. We do them. We've done them all the way out to the window. We did them up to the summer window and after the summer window and we're going to continue on all the way through to the summer window and beyond um and uh, yeah so thank you for for joining me and uh, and you know let's uh, welcome everybody in the chat box too matt g good morning mate uh, marcus paul uh, omar says good morning i'm delighted to announce i was first in today's show it's not true omar because marcus paul and matt all beat you and you do follow that with, you would have thought that transfer shows would stop as soon as it hit midnight on Wednesday, but not with me, not with me. To be fair, this is now the Arsenal news show. It's what it turns into when it's not the transfer window or in the near months uh, of the transfer window. So uh, it's slightly different. Raheel, uh, Perez, Mo, Jonty, Jacob, good morning to all of you guys. Christopher, Gustavo, Carl, Zach. Uh, we've got James, we've got AV, we've got Rob, Paul. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. See who I'm missing. 360 David, Napa Fire, Vinny. Uh, we've got Manu and uh, we've got Champion Communications Malawi in here as well. Good morning to everybody. Uh, please do, if you haven't done so already, drop a like on today's show and subscribe to the channel as well. It really helps us out. Uh, and also go and subscribe over on the Arsenal Way. We'll be live at 9.30 this morning as usual, Monday to Friday. So make sure uh, that you subscribed over there as well. And uh, and always now in the shows, we're going to be reminding you to uh, go and donate to our one of our TGT family and the Arsenal family, Vinny. Uh, Vinny was on the show on deadline day in the evening talking through uh, his battle against cancer and of course uh, wanting us to help him by supporting um, Macmillan Cancer Support. Link to the charities in the description and it was great to see I think s- since we did that show it's gone up by uh, 600 odd pounds uh, in a couple of days which is great so I'm not saying that's all of us of course but it's great to see that in that time it's gone up by that amount so 
let's go help Vinny. Link is in the description if you want to donate, and uh, it's always going to be in the description, so make sure you do that. Uh, also, in yesterday's uh, evening show, I had a great chat with Ask Blog Clive from Arsenal Vision Podcast and Kevin Campbell from the Highbury Squad, of course, and former Arsenal striker. And I'll tell you what, I felt a lot better about the window after this conversation. I was angry, frustrated and annoyed and there are still elements of the window that I am frustrated and annoyed about but Clive and Andrew and and Kev all presented some really really level-headed grounded arguments that made me feel so much better about what the things that we did right and mistakes that we didn't make that we have in the past and Despite not signing anyone, uh, a lot of context was applied. So I would recommend, if you haven't already watched that show, to go and watch that show because it was very, very good, uh, if I do say so myself. Now we start with the news and we kick off with a story that you probably have heard already, but we've not covered on the story this morning. Uh, Samuel Umtiti uh, joined, uh, or rather didn't join Arsenal, despite the fact that there was rumours coming from Spain that Arsenal had actually looked to bring Samuel Umtiti into the team. But an injury to the French defender, oh, surprise, surprise, an injury to Samuel Antiti, uh stopped the deal from happening. Bit of an odd one. Maybe it makes a bit more sense considering Arsenal were letting go of Marie and Chambers and that and they wanted to bring someone in. Um, but supposedly Arsenal were in kind of the midst of agreeing a deal for Samuel Antiti. However, that deal fell through when the player got injured. But strange that we were after uh, Umtiti during the January window. Uh, Dusan Vlaovic, of course, we didn't sign him. He signed for Juve. But all of the fallout from that move and beyond the January window closing has been that supposedly Arsenal are very angry uh, that the representatives and Vlaovic himself supposedly kind of led the club down a false path. Now, I don't know yesterday whether or not the club... I don't know whether the club bid. I know that there were talks. We all know that there were talks. We know that there were discussions. We know that Edu was trying we don't know if the club made a bid or not for the player. There was reports that Arsenal supposedly did make a bid. However, those only came out really from Italy. It was never confirmed by media on this side of things. Um, Arsenal clearly were interested. They wanted him. But I think they were always trying to make... They were trying to kind of lay the groundwork of the deal and discuss with the representatives and the agents and the player to see if a deal is possible before they really fully committed with any kind of bid. If that did happen, um, we don't know about it completely. But Arsenal, I said to feel, according to Sammy Mottbell, um, very, very frustrated by uh, all of the, the situation which ultimately led Arsenal to fail into bringing a striker in the end of the window. Um, moving on to our penultimate story of the day, and Eddie and Ketia. Oh, sorry, not Eddie and Ketia. That's our next story. Our th- What's the word before penultimate? Thrunultimate? <laughs> our thrunultimate story, Bakayo Saka. Um, Bakayo Saka, of course, uh, we hope will be remaining with the Arsenal for a long time to come. And Arsenal's attentions now are very much shifted to um, kind of giving Saka that brand new contract. They want to extend it. They want his wage to reflect his standing in the team and where he represents himself along that wage structure. So hopefully news of a new contract for Bakayo Saka will become uh, news to us in the coming months. Fingers crossed. Now we can move to our penultimate story about Eddie and Ketia, who supposedly was the subject of bids from both uh, Crystal Palace uh, and one other club as well uh, in the final uh, moments of the window. Newcastle were the other team. Uh, he, despite supposedly being open to that kind of move, 
was uh, blocked from that. Arsenal blocked all of the possible approaches because they knew that striker-wise they were always going to be struggling to try and bring in any kind of replacement. So Nketiah stayed at the club and ultimately uh, was in a position where he was never going to be allowed to leave because Arsenal struggled to bring in that replacement. Uh, moving forward to our final story, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, said goodbye to Arsenal yesterday. It was fully confirmed on the Arsenal website, and Aubameyang uh, did reply to those messages um, with a little love heart emoji on the Arsenal page. His Instagram post revealed a little bit, uh, not loads of kind of glaring info, but he says, I've always been 100% focused and committed on doing everything I can for this club, which is why leaving without a real goodbye hurts. But that is football. I'm sad I did not get a chance to help my teammates in the last few weeks, but I have nothing but respect for the club and truly wish all my guys and all the fans and all the best and many successful years in the future. No mention of Mikel Arteta, of course, but a very uh, kind, heartwarming message to us fans and his teammates and the club. Clearly, there is a lot of, as David Ornstein put it, water under the bridge. Too much water under the bridge for that relationship to be repaired between Aubameyang and Arteta. But that move officially confirmed. In fact, he was training with the Barcelona team yesterday. There was pictures came out which showed Aubameyang in the background. Um, and look, if we focus on just what he did rather than all of kind of the the controversy, he single-handedly really... Uh, I say single-handedly, he was a huge factor in Arsenal winning the FA Cup that year. Uh, goals against Manchester City, the goals against Chelsea. Obviously, it was a team performance and there was a lot of people assisting him and, and the build-up play and everything like that and keeping the opposition side out. I mean, Martinez, of course, in the back line. But Aubameyang was the real difference in those games and helped us to win that. Uh, and the Community Shield, of course, which followed through, which is like the English Super Cup, if you like, just never anywhere near as prestigious as how some of the European clubs treat their Super Cups. But look, Aubameyang will go down as a player that helped Arsenal to those Cups and those trophies. He won't go down as a legend. Um, that kind of was prevented by both his own actions and, you know, Arteta kind of stopping him as well with being very ruthless about the situation. But... I'll appreciate everything that Aubameyang did. There's a lot of funny videos. There's a lot of uh, entertaining times that we had with Aubameyang. And I do wish him the absolute best. Um, there's no hard feelings from me. Uh, I'm very, I've been very critical over him over the last few weeks. But now we can move on from this. Look, for me, it's water under the bridge. And uh, I wish him the absolute best. And fingers crossed he can rediscover some good form before the end uh, of his career, which, you know, is only a few years away. In fact, he's 32 now. He's only going to be around for a few more years in the game, you'd think, because a player of his style. But uh, we can now move on from this. And speaking of moving on, we're going to move on now to your questions in the chat box. So if you do have any questions that you'd like to throw into the chat box, please make sure you get them in now. And if you haven't done so already, do drop a like on the video and subscribe. We are very, very close now to hitting 30,000 subs. So if you haven't done so, please do sub to the channel and continue to join us every single morning. Without further ado, though, let's jump into the chat and answer your questions. Uh. 
Okay, let's see what you guys are saying. Jacob Conway, straight in there with the first question. Do you think with increased game time for sending half uh, for the second half of the season, Enketia could extend a contract? I would be very shocked, Jacob, if that deal happened. I don't think there's any chance of Enketia signing a new deal. I think he knows that his time at Arsenal is coming to an end. I think he knows that Arsenal are going to be looking to bring in one, maybe even two forwards in the summer window. Uh, because obviously we're losing Lacazette, we've lost the Bamier, and we could lose Nketiah as well. So you think they're going to try and push for a couple of forwards in the summer window now. So yeah, for my money anyway, Jacob, I think there is absolutely no chance of that happening at all. Uh, Pavithran says, Hey Tom, I felt Arsenal didn't treat Aubameyang with respect. Everyone knows he's a bit eccentric, but freezing him out was not an ideal way to handle a player who bailed us out so many times in the future, in his tenure. I, I disagree, Pavithran, personally. Um, I don't think that he acted in a professional way from what we understood, from the things that we know about. And there is a lot more that has definitely gone on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Um, I support the decision. I'm fine with the decision. I'm not fine with us not replacing him. Um, that's something that I certainly think the club have messed up with. Um, but I am absolutely fine with what happened. I, I still find it a little bit strange how much kind of how much defending of Aubameyang there is, considering some of the things that have gone down. But, you know, we're not going to open that can of worms in this morning's show. Omar says, is this the world record for the shortest TGT transfer show of all time? It's not a transfer show, Omar. The transfer window's closed, mate. It's done. We're just on news now, fella. Uh, King says, Shout, uh, should Saka be our highest paid player or is he too young for that? Um, it Should he be our highest paid player? I lean towards no because of his age and you still want there to be kind of room if you know what i mean room to go forward room to grow he should be one of our highest paid players and in the brackets are probably the top five highest paid players in the team but i still think there are players like Partey, for instance who are probably and should be earning more um, because of you know how much the, the transfer fee was the expectations, the quality that we know he does have. He's not been able to put that down at Arsenal so far. And reflective on just put your what they've given to Arsenal, you think Saka would earn more. But just in the way that the game kind of works, I'd look at Partey as somebody who probably would be earning, and I think he is earning more right now, than Saka, and probably still should. On Saka's following contract, and the kid's still 20 years old, so he's going to extend into, hopefully anyway, further contracts beyond the one that they agree with. So I imagine we'll start hitting six figures now for Saka and it will just go on and upwards from there. Wilson says, why, could, why on earth have Arsenal failed to buy anybody, Tom? It is absolutely baffling. Uh, if you want an answer to that question, um, I suggest going and watching yesterday's show uh, with Kev and Clive and Andrew because it was a very good show and they put forward some really solid ideas and thoughts around why we didn't bring anyone in. And it made me feel a lot better uh, as well after the window closed. So I would recommend going and watching that. Stephen says, do you think Trusty is being viewed as the backup left-footed centre-back for next season? No, he's not, Stephen. As far as we're aware, he will leave on loan in the summer probably to another European team. I said on yesterday's show that I felt a little bit used as Arsenal. I feel like Arsenal being a little bit used with this. Maybe that was a little bit over the top, but I still think there's a little bit of... There's something strange about this deal. I'm not sure what it is. A lot of people have said they are they can pretty much guarantee we're never going to see him play in an Arsenal shirt. And then it's going to be one of those kind of deals where he comes, gets loaned, and then leaves on a permanent deal somewhere else in Europe. But who knows? It's a bit of a strange one, that's for sure. 
Uh, Mitchell says, do you think Luis Diaz will perform in the Premier League? I, I'm worried that I think that he will. Yes, absolutely. I'm really concerned about what he's going to do with Liverpool. <laughs> he's a very good player. Jonathan says, can Saka be our own Arjun Robin? Um, that would be a hell of a player if he did become that. Very divey. He'd have to dive a hell of a lot if he wanted to be his own Arjun Robin. But he was a very fantastic player. So if he gets anywhere close to that kind of consistency and goal scoring... That would be unbelievably good for us. Benji says, imagine worst case scenario, we have a crisis at striker. Would we be granted an emergency transfer or will the Premier League rightfully let us suffer? Uh, I don't think in that position. I know that Southampton signed Willy Caballero outside of the transfer window at goalkeeper, but I think there are certain circumstances that made that the case. Um, if we were in Spain, we lost to Bamiang. Um, then maybe, but if you think about it, that usually happens with buyout clauses. So like Partey, Atletico Madrid got a month to sign Jeffrey Condogbia. And uh, if Real Sociedad had have lost, uh, who else did they sign? They signed, some, Barcelona lost someone as well, I'm sure. And they brought in, uh, who did they bring in? I can't think of who it was. Sevilla as well. I think Sevilla may have lost someone and then they signed, um, who was it? Yusuf Nezri, I believe, came in from Leganes. Uh, but I'm sure Barcelona did something similar. Braithwaite. It was Braithwaite. Sorry. It was not Yusuf Nezri. Uh, Martin Braithwaite was signed for Barcelona uh, in kind of a last minute extra time deal. Um, very strange. And it really messed up Leganes. Uh, it really did. Um, as did the Yusuf Nezri deal as well. But uh, it's, it's just what happens in Spain. But I don't think that can happen with Arsenal, no. Uh, Charlie says we saved all of our money for Holland, uh, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. I very much doubt it, Charlie. Uh, but who knows? Look, the thing about Holland is, if Arsenal get to the Champions League in the summer, they can throw themselves into the hat. It's very unlikely that he would choose us. But if we can get, if we were to get to Champions League football, there is no reason why Arsenal shouldn't throw their name into the hat of teams. That is for sure because he's got a release clause. Arsenal should definitely activate it and throw themselves. What have you got to lose? Nothing. He's going to pick somewhere. Why not throw yourselves into the ring? Amandeep says, with the COVID financial impact going down, do you see us getting more money for our currently loaned players in the summer? I absolutely do. I hopefully think that we can get a good deal for Bellerin, who's had a very good season uh, at Real Betis. Mavropanos will lose on the cheap because he's got an option. Same with Genduzi, same with Torreira. Leno, I think we should be able to get a decent fee for. You'd look for upwards of £10 million around the £15 million mark, hopefully, but he only has one year left on his deal. Thinking beyond that, other players, Marie, maybe we could get a decent deal for him, five to £10 million, possibly. Holding, I would be looking to get a good deal on holding in the summer and bring Saliba into the fold. So I think there are a lot of choices that we've got um, in the summer, and we'll see what changes. Byron says, morning, Tom, question. With 17 games left to play, how many points do you think we can get? I want at least 30. Um, I think we need to be targeting way more than 30, um, to be honest. 17 games left to play. That means we'll have 51 available points. Is that right? I think so. Um, yeah, 51 points. We are currently on 36. If we can... I just feel like we need 40 points. Um, I think 40. I think we need to get 40 of a remaining 51 so we can afford to how many can we afford to lose we can afford to lose three games and draw one is that right i think um which you know is pff, to to do that would be very very difficult 
But in my opinion, I think we have to pick up 40 points. I think we're going to have to end on over 70 points in the remaining games to uh, uh, to, to get any hope and, and maybe a bit over 70 as well. But we'll wait and see. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if you think about it, uh, and I think it was Bellagio's on Twitter uh, that messaged me about this and we had a good discussion about how many games we'd need to... Um, lose. We've got Liverpool at home, Chelsea away, West Ham away, Man United at home, Spurs away, Wolves home and away, and Villa away. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. And I think we can only afford to lose three of those and draw one, to be honest. Uh, maybe draw two if we're lucky. But we're going to have to win at least four I think, a Villa away, Wolves home and away, Spurs away, Man United at home, West Ham away, Chelsea, Liverpool. And I think we can, but it's, yeah, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough to get into the top four. Um, but we need to we need to step up our form. We need to step up our expectation. We need to go. And look, I'm confident. I'm going into that Wolves game knowing that we've got the same team available that put on that display against Man City. Despite the fact we lost that game, we're going to have the same team available. Ramsdale, Tommy Asu will hopefully be back. There's whispers going around that maybe he will be available and that he's going to be joining up with the team in, in the warm weather camp and then working on his fitness to get back for that game. Still got eight days between now and then, so plenty of time. Hopefully Tommy Ass will be back. Um, ben White, Gabriel, Tierney, Xhaka, Partey, um, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli and, uh, and Lacazette hopefully can start that game against Wolves and hopefully they prove to be the difference. Everyone back. Everyone's there. If you think about it, 17 of the 18 players that have been playing a lot of this season are still at the club. Um, so that's there's no excuse really for why we can't push on and push upwards. Aditya says, if we need two strikers for the summer, then should we go for the second one from the championship? Like a Lyndon Dykes, a Brereton Diaz, a Mitrovic, uh, possibly. I mean, I think there are a number of options in the championship that are always good picks I mean you look at Ollie Watkins you look at Ivan Tony that came from the championship have done well um, I think that Brereton Diaz is certainly one to keep an eye on at Blackburn but I do think there are cheaper options available on the continent that are just as good uh, some have already moved some haven't so let's see uh, let's go to Jabu who says, Tom, can we sign a player that is unattached outside the window? I'm not sure how registration works. I'm not sure how the Wilshire situation would work. I don't know when the registration date is. Uh, I'm sure you'd be able to find out, but it's strange that Wilshire never moved on and is playing with a number 12. We don't know. Maybe he was signed and we just don't know about it. Who knows? But I don't, I'm not sure, but it has happened. I mean, Willie Caballero, but that happened before the January window happened. John says, hey, Tom, I think Arteta will do a madness and get top four with the players that we have and the end of the Amazon documentary on a high. And then Isaac and Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the summer. Who knows that documentary is going to be... It's, it's going to be very disappointing if nothing happens this season. Navarro says, Tom, not a question. I guarantee Raul Sociedad will force us to pay the release clause because they know we're desperate. Also, no one is talking about possible injuries and COVID. Uh... They probably will. They don't have to sell still. Um, but I think there are other options out there that we can get for cheaper that are more reflective of the player's quality. Vinny says, are there any youth players you think can make an impact on the squad before the end of the season? And do you think it's too early for them? The ones that you think about are obviously Patino and Bireth and Amari Hutchinson, Saladin. They're the ones that you think of. But I don't think that we're going to see any of them. 
unless there is a major COVID or injury crisis at the team, I don't think we're going to see any of those players at all. Uh, I think they're going to continue in the under-23s and I think we will continue on with what we've got. The only way is maybe having Beereth. Beereth is the only one I can think of because of how short we are at striker. So I feel like he's the only one that we may have to have on the bench at times. But other than that, no, I don't think so. But if one of Lacazette or Enketi gets injured, then maybe BRF comes in. But other than that, no, I don't think so. Mo says, what do you think about Smithrow as a false nine? Not for me. Not for me. I want a focal point. I want Lacazette there. Uh, and if not him, I do lean towards Martinelli, to be honest. Mavara says, not, uh, oh, we've all done that one. Let's scroll down a bit more. Uh Yes, for Food and Travel says, being okay with this ridiculous window is the mentality that will keep us where we are. Uh, there is no reward without risk. Look at Chelsea. They're flops to United to uh, do panic buys, but they still got Bruno. I mean, Bruno wasn't a panic buyer, so I don't think that falls into your theory. Um, what I do think is I don't think anyone is okay with the window. I think there are a lot of people that are looking at it from the perspective of looking at the good things that we did, but are still very critical of the fact that we could have signed players and didn't and I think that we talked a lot about that in yesterday's show we talked about the fact that we could have signed an Arthur Cabral for instance as a possible option for a very cheap amount of money we didn't and that could prove to be an error but the good thing that we didn't do was panic and I don't think panic buys are a positive thing you're trying to argue there that every team does panic buys but you know Man United and Chelsea can afford panic buys because they've got pretty much a bottomless pot of money Arsenal don't so that's why Arsenal can't really afford to do the same panic buyers that you can see other teams like Chelsea and United doing, unfortunately. Uh, Aziz is back from loan. Yeah, he, as far as I'm aware, he didn't leave um, on loan. So I, I think he's there. Maybe he's someone that can have an impact, but he didn't really get too many chances at Portsmouth and he didn't really get into the team and didn't really not fight for his place, but he didn't really earn a spot in that Portsmouth team either. So I'm not sure that we can rely on Aziz to be any kind of impactful player, but he could be there as depth. That's what I would say. Uh, Perez says, over 500 of you are watching on this uh, channel. Hit the like button, guys. Thanks, Perez. Really appreciate the support. If you haven't already, guys, drop a like in the video. It really does help us out. And if you're new, help us get to 30,000 subs. Rahul says, when is the vlog coming out? Look, I did record stuff. Um, I didn't like it. I'll be real. I will try and put it together this evening and maybe it'll go out tomorrow. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't like it really. I didn't. I didn't think it's very good. I haven't put it together yet. I don't. I don't. I just don't think it's very good. <laughs> but I'll put it together and I'll see what you think. We didn't sign anyone, so there isn't anything crazy. It's just a lot of. It's just me moaning basically. Or be, it's actually it's me being really optimistic and then having a realization at the end of the day that nothing's happening. That's um, that's pretty much what it is in a nutshell. But I'll put it together. And I'll, and I'll see what it looks like, but I just don't think it's... I, I, I'm not sure if I will upload it, but I, I, I've, I have filmed something. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> just don't think it's very good. Uh, Social says, to say we missed out on these players, how do we know they weren't number one targets for Arteta like Isaac? They would have splashed if he was definitely the right guy. And Social, this is what I think happened. I think that Arsenal were only willing to spend money on players that they absolutely 100% thought would make a difference. So when you see the opinion that we went for Vlaovic and that indicates we have money, I don't think that actually stacks up. Because yes, we have money, but 
we're not going to spend it on just anyone. My criticism is that there were players out there that moved for a a very reasonable price that I feel would have been good additions to the team. But I'm not critical that we didn't activate Isaac's release clause. I'm not critical of that because you would be overspending by at least 30 million quid on that deal if you activated the release clause for a player that scored four goals. Now, I like him and I think he's going to come good and he's had a slow start to the season. But to justify £75 million, it's crazy. The only justification would be as if Arsenal achieved Champions League football and made up the difference. That's the only way and it's not guaranteed. So I'm okay with the fact that we didn't sign an Izak-level striker for that or an Izak-pricey striker. And after Vlaovic, we didn't go for another big marquee forward. I'm fine with that. What I'm not fine with is the fact that there are players who I feel move this window that could have improved us for very reasonable figures that we could have afforded. That's my issue with it. Um, Ginger Ninja Guna says, I think became a member yesterday. Welcome to the crew, by the way. I did see that, but it was a very discussion-heavy show, so I couldn't talk about it. Uh, name uh, name it one foot in the transfer window. Tom Meltrick. <laughs> one foot in the transfer window. <laughs> Marcus says, saving all this money, do you think we'll go big in the summer? I hope so. I hope, I mean, they've saved a lot of money in wages. They've got players off the wage bill. They're going to move more players off in the summer. You'd think we're in for another big window, hopefully. It's going to be an interesting summer window, that's for sure. And I know I say that every year, but it, but it is. Last one was an interesting one, so I'm hoping this one is as well. Ethan says, after Vlaovic rejected us, why didn't we go for someone like Zapata, who could have got on the cheap? I think the reason why Zapata, who, by the way, is 33, um, I think he's 33 anyway, um, I just don't think the club wanted to be tied to. Um, I don't think he wanted to be tied to a two-year deal on a 33-year-old striker or just have him on the books who would have been on sizable wages. I think the Valved course is slightly different, 29-year-old on a two-year deal. I think that would have been really interesting. And having a plan B-ish type striker like him could have really helped us out, even next season when we sign another striker. That's one I do feel like we could have done. But I do understand the reasons why we didn't. Adam says, hi, Tom. Given that being out of all competitions is uncharted territory for us, aren't we overacting about how thin our team is? I think there is an overreaction in some senses, but I don't. I still feel like Chambers will be a bit of a miss. I may be proven wrong, um, but say Ben White gets COVID, Gabriel suspended, Cedric or Tommy Asu is injured, and all of a sudden, if that was all to like can happen at the same time, we may miss Chambers. We may miss Ainsley Maitland-Niles. We already have missed Ainsley Maitland-Niles. So I don't think I think there's a level of overreaction about it, but I don't think it's as high as maybe it was made out to be uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Vinny says, Tom, plug your article on the players that went out, which you feel could have improved the team. Um, yeah, so I wrote a piece yesterday uh, which detailed 15 players uh, that moved. Now... Uh, when I posted it on Twitter, there was a lot of people who felt not a lot of those players would have improved us. The idea of the article was was not to kind of show we missed out on 15 players. It was more to show that there were 15 players out there that moved that, you know, could have been brought in, could have maybe made a difference. Not that we should have gone for them, but that we could have. That was kind of the idea of the article. So I've put that into the... Uh, into the chat box for you. The key ones for me in that piece are obviously Arta Cabral, Val Veghorst. There's an interesting Dutch midfielder called Joey Veerman who moved from Heerenveen to uh, to PSV. 
Three goals, seven assists from central midfield, 23 years of age. Really interesting central midfielder. I didn't know too much about him until I did a bit more research on him. Only cost five million quid. So that's the kind of deal that I feel in midfield maybe could have been really interesting for us. Uh, there's other players in there like Stefano Sensi, who left Inter Milan on loan for Sampdoria. Uh, Eliax Mariba, uh, who joined uh, Valencia on loan from RB Leipzig. Maybe he could have. Uh, Cedric Bakambu, who left who joined Marseille on a free and scored on his debut. Uh, Thiago Tomas, Sporting Lisbon to Stuttgart. If you want to find out who the rest are, go and give that article a read. Uh, but I've just put it into the uh, the chat description. If you want to find out where you can find it, just type in TomCantonFootball.London and uh, my profile will come up and you can find it on one of the most recent articles on there. Uh, Arjit says, Tom, after the disappointment of the window, we need goals from Gabby and Pepe, two of our biggest goal threats. But do you think Arteta will actually give Pepe chances and good game time? I don't think so. I, I still don't think he's going to be playing him over Saka. And if you think about it, the less games that we have, the less reason we have to rotate. So I don't think there will be any need to throw Pepe in from the start anywhere near as much as maybe people think that we do. The only other option is to use him in a central striking role if there are injuries. But I still think Pepe will be the backup to Saka. I still think he'll be used mainly from the bench in the second half of the season. That's just what I think will happen unless he can prove his form better than Saka. It's the only way that I see it happening or changing. Um, Paul says, is this time for the fans just to get behind the players that we have? Of course it is, Paul. We can moan. We got, you know, we got eight days left until the next game. But when that game comes around, we need to be behind that team because Wolves is a huge, huge game. And every single Arsenal fan will want Arsenal to win. Because as soon as you see people out there saying, I want us to lose, they're not Arsenal fans. That's just not, not how it works. It's just not how it works. So we will want Arsenal to win. All the Arsenal fans will want Arsenal to win that game against Wolves. And it'll be a huge six-pointer uh, because if they win, they'll go above us. We absolutely win. If we lose that game, we can digest it and we can be critical and discuss that afterwards when that happens, if that happens. But we're praying for a win and we need to get behind the team that we've got right now. Carl says, Tom, I know I keep bugging you on this, but now is an excellent time to see how our near misses in the previous transfer window fared up. Are you up for it? Carl, um, I will try at some point to do it, but I'm very busy <laughs> right now. I genuinely feel like sometimes I have no time uh, at all. I get up at 6am thinking about Arsenal. I do this show, make the show, do the show, start work at 9, finish at 5, then probably do a show on another channel in the evening. I've got at least 12 hours in the day where I'm doing Arsenal stuff from wake up to the end of the day and then a few hours of free time. And even then I find myself jumping onto Twitter or in the Discord or, you know, uh, it's very tough to commit more time to, to Arsenal than I already do. But uh, I will try for you, Carl. I will try and do something in the near future. Uh, managers, how's the wedding come along? You're good, pretty much all sorted. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to the venue this evening. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing it again, going there to have a meal and uh, yeah hopefully this should be pretty chill and I can take my mind off things I will be live at 5 30 on Harry Simu's channel for the Canton and Simu show though so uh, do join me over there with Harry at 5 30 p.m today uh, Jake says Pepe is better than Saka under a different manager what does imp mean I don't know what imp means uh, in my opinion maybe that's what you meant p is next to o on the keyboard so in my opinion I'm guessing that's what you meant uh, I don't think so. I don't agree with you there. I think Saka is a much, much better player than Pepe. Uh, maybe in a different system, but that would then mean that Saka would be playing in a system that he doesn't suit. So surely it's common sense to say that in a different system, Pepe might suit that position more. But that could be the same for a lot of players. I think that Saka is a better player than Pepe. 
um, by quite some distance technically. I mean, when you think about it, if you if you fire a pass into Pepe compared to firing a pass into Saka, I know which player is going to see the ball most likely ricochet off at some fifty pence angle. <laughs> I used to be I used to be described as having a fifty pence head when I played because. If I ever tried to head the ball, I had no control over where it was going. And that's kind of the same for Pepe's foot. Like You never really know where the ball's going to go when the ball is fired into him. His first touch is just not good enough. Or his sackers is like velvet at times. So that's the difference between the two. Jay says, how can Pepe play up front when he really struggles one-on-one on the wing? He's so weak and would get bullied. The only difference, I think, for Pepe playing nearer the goal is that he doesn't have to beat his man as much. And that he's one of our best finishers is Pepe. So I think that Pepe could probably, you know, I think Pepe could definitely score goals playing in a central role nearer the goal if he was given the ball. But we'll see. Uh, again, I don't agree with you, Jake. I don't think Pepe produces more at all. Uh, Boz says, Tom, with the games that need rescheduling, Tottenham, Chelsea and Wolves, is there a period in the season you'd rather have those scheduled for as soon as possible? Get them out of the way. Know what we've got in front of us. Don't have them lingering on the horizon. We've got pretty much our whole team back come Wolves. So fingers crossed we can do that. Navarro says, who's captain next season? I'm telling you what, my captain for next season is Martin Ertegaard. He's proven to be a captain. He's proven that he should be captain. Um, So for next season, I would absolutely make Martin Ertegaard the captain. I don't think he will be. Uh, I think Kieran Tierney's probably in with the best shout. But I would have Martin Odegaard without a shadow of a doubt. For me, he leads that team for the front. He's the only one that really stood out in January. Maybe Saka is another one that was up there as standing out. Not for captain, but in terms of performances. But Odegaard, just so consistent. Great leader. You can understand why he's captain for Norway. He absolutely should be captain. Uh, Bikaku uh, says, uh, vibrant and cheerful uh, mood, but... uh, uh, Arsenal camp in Dubai during the last days of transfer window makes me think that probably we weren't interested in those other players as the media portrayed. Arsenal's interest beyond Vlaovic and Artemelo, I think, is very low. Uh, I think the interest that we had in other options just wasn't there. And if we weren't able to get Vlaovic, we weren't going to go for anyone else, really. And I think that's what we've seen happen, to be honest. Erdogan, um, how can you not have a god-leading man in the team? Like, I, I, yeah, look, his leadership is is excellent. Uh, Manu says, but I can understand why you want your captain to be in midfield, but I think Manu wants it uh, to be Kieran Tierney. He does indeed. Uh, Dazzler says, Tom, do you think that Gabby up front and Smithrow on the left is better play than Eddie and Lacker? Uh, uh, than, yeah, I think that I would rather choose Gabby and Smithrow over. Eddie and Martinelli. I think that's what I would rather go for, to be honest. What's my expectation, VJ? Um, I think Nketi will be off the bench for pretty much all the season and then leave. That's kind of where I'm at uh, right now. Uh, Suresh says, Ramsdale, one year in the team, uh, vocal player. I just don't really like goalkeepers as captains. I don't know what it is. I like someone being in and amongst it, and Erdegaard is always in and amongst it. So that's kind of who I want at the moment. Uh, Jay says, Charles Watts says that the Wolves at home might get rescheduled, so we play them after Brentford. So that would be Wolves-Brentford-Wolves if that happens, uh, which is fine. Uh, that's absolutely, we've had 18 days rest. Let's play three, four games um, within the space of two and a bit weeks. Let's do it. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. There's nearly 600 of you watching when considering we're not in the transfer window anymore is amazing. Thank you for continuing supporting the channel. I know there are a lot of people that do just tune in throughout the transfer window, which is fine. But the fact that you guys are continuing to support us and watch the show, even when the transfer window is closed, means a lot. 
So thank you so much for that. Really appreciate the support as always. Uh, I will see you later on today on the Arsenal Way, 9.30 this morning. Uh, and of course, I'll be joining Harry Simeon on his channel at 5.30 for the Canton Simeon Show. So do join us over there. I'm sure that's going to be a very good thing. Seb says, it's going to be a 30k special. I, I suppose I should do something. I'll get my thinking cap on. In the Discord server, there's always a TGT Ideas channel that I know people throw ideas in for the channel into. So uh, maybe we can have some ideas uh, for the 30k. How far from 30k are we? Says uh, Manu. Let's have a quick look. How far from 30k are we right now? Uh, we are 25 subs away from 30k. So we're only 25 subs away. So if you haven't subbed already... Make sure you do. I'll be thinking. Uh, I'll try and get my thinking cap on. How am I going to do a 30k special? To be honest, yesterday's show was a pretty darn special podcast. That was kind of a prelude to 30k, if you like. Clive and Arsblog and Casey all on the same show was a great sight and a great chat and a great discussion. Something that I hope I can recreate maybe at the end of the season and something we do semi-regular, like half biannually, not biannually, half every twice a year would be great if we could do something like that uh, i think us all coming together for a show is, is proven to be a great watch so maybe that's something we do uh, but they are very busy people and getting them all in one place at the same time is tough so uh fingers crossed we can try and do something let's see um thank you for everyone that's showing the support in the chat box you're absolute legends as always please go uh, click the link in the description for the arsenal way click the link in the description to go and help support Vinny's charity uh, as well mcmillan cancer support and show your support over there as well uh, as always we'll see you very very soon 9 30 a.m on the arsenal way 5 30 p.m on harry simu's channel chronicles of aguna so there you go see you soon guys have a great day and as always up the arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.